Okay, okay, okay. Y'all know what it is. It's time for them boys over there. Nothing but Niners. Tony, what's going on, sir? How are you, man? What's up? Listen, guys, I want to let you know that this is a Patreon exclusive. We are actually live on Facebook right now. We are live on YouTube, and we are live on Patreon. Uh, we are, this is a way of promoting the show, all right? Patreon exclusive. When Tony gets the itch to talk, got those long car rides home after a hard day of work, we're going to go live right on Patreon, man. This is called Tony Speaks, all right? Patreon bonus <laughs> show, episode one of the 2023 NFL season tony i just wrapped up doing a show with everybody talking about the upcoming game against the broncos now while you've been at work word came out from kyle shanahan on kmdr that brock purdy and the first team may actually take a series or two what are your thoughts on that is this all of a sudden a sign that maybe kyle and those interceptions are getting to him and he wants to see him shake it off or is this just regular preseason standard stuff well, I think it's I. Ever since they dropped from four to three, right? Game three used to be the one where the starters go, right? So, game two now that they dropped it to three from four, is going to be, in my opinion, the game where the starters get some run and then that's it. And then it's pretty much the last game will be, uh, you know, f filling out the fifty-three and then and then, you know the season starts. So, I, I think this is good. I want to see the first unit at least one drive just to see the continuity. Well, develop the continuity and, you know, get this offense rolling. I completely agree with you, man. I 100% agree with you. Um, I was I was going over some of the things that I want to see, some of the things I want to see improve. Um, have you had a chance to uh, watch the games over and, like, pay attention to the offensive linemen that played? Uh, yeah, I saw, like, I didn't fully watch the game. Why did I got a damn detour? Um, I didn't fully watch the game play in and play out, but I did see enough, and there were some younger guys that caught my eye, and, like, you know, they were pretty, uh, pretty interesting from, from what I saw in that game. So, one of the players that stood out to you, his name is in a lot of headlines right now. Is there anybody that you want to highlight that maybe you're going to be paying close attention to on Saturday against the Broncos? Um, do you want me to say his name? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, Manning, the undrafted free agent from should have should have meant left. Uh, Manning, the the undrafted free agent from Hawaii is the guy that caught my attention. Uh, the, the only thing he's got some stuff working against him. He's six three, I think. He's two hundred ninety five pounds, similar to like a Derek Deese or uh, all the old head forty nine fans, David Fiore type um, prospect coming out. Um. But the real problem is he's barely got 33-inch arms. And okay. that's not a good combination. Um, but really, like, he had some outstanding reps. I mentioned this to you uh, yesterday. I think we were on the phone just bullshitting. And I think it was Brad Graham posted some clips of him playing, some reps. And they're, yes, sir. He's really solid. Really solid player. I was impressed with him. And tons of experience. He was, I think, a five or six, five, five or six year starter at Hawaii. Don't ask me how that managed to take place, but 
I was impressed with him. So he has a ton of experience, played the left tackle spot, was slotted to slide inside. But, man, who knows? If, if he's shown he has the ability to handle it, you – I mean, I'm not saying he's a starting quality right now, but he will definitely try to get on that practice squad if they could get him. Um, yeah. An, another guy I was impressed with was Luciano, the undrafted free agent from Washington, the center. Um, I thought he got after it. I thought I seen him getting on the second level for blocks. He was very, you know, he, he did a good, he had a nice pass set a couple times, held his ground. So, I mean, it is preseason. They are undrafted free agents facing other undrafted free agents, but those are two guys that really, really like stood out to me and caught, caught my eye and, you know, two very well candidates to get onto the practice squad. Let me ask you this question, man. When you have a guy who's been with the team for a couple of years, you know, and he is getting significant snaps in a game following the joint practices, I want to, I want, I keep emphasizing that because I don't think people understand how that changes the entire dynamic of the preseason game. So I keep emphasizing that this is following joint practices. Um, it was, it was Jason Poe. He played number 51, he played left guard basically the whole game. And I was really, really impressed with him. I thought he got better as the game went on. Um, I think he used his size really well. When he was going up against someone significantly bigger than him, he got skinny and got in their chest, and they were kind of stuck with their arms out around him. Like, imagine running into a pole. You know how your arms and your legs are kind of just going to fly around the pole because the pole's thinner than your body? Like, he left guys like that a couple of times. And then uh, there was the big sack. That happened. I don't know if you remember uh, when Trey Lance got sacked, the guy got up and did like the Harukin uh, celebration. Do you remember that when yes. that happened in the game? Yes. All right. So yeah. that was Poe's guy. Uh, Poe got knocked down on the ground when that happened. That was um, that was Butler. He got knocked down on the ground. He did the same thing where he got into Butler's chest, but then Butler used Poe's leverage and did like a mean swipe to knock him down on the ground. And uh, Lance was scrambling around and ended up getting hit by Butler. Um, but after that, he was solid the rest of the game. He was helping out the left tackle. He was helping out the center. He was getting to the second and third level on the on the busted screenplay that happened to um, it wasn't busted. He dropped it to Mason. Uh, Poe was there and like he was the he was ahead of Mason, ready to lay guys out. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, like the the knock on Poe is just he's very undersized. Uh, they say he's six one. I I don't see it. 6-1 with him. Um, he's very athletic. He showed it in his workout films as a fullback, tight end, running routes. But he did have a very solid game up minus a handful of plays where he, like you just met, mentioned. Um, I want to see what it looks like again. I want to see if there's consistency with his game or was it just he was better than the guy who was let up, uh, head up on him, aligned up on him. Or is this something that, like, you know, he has developed as a potential depth piece on the offensive line? Right. Um, now, I want to ask you what your expectations are for this upcoming game on Saturday. I don't know if we're going to get to do a preview show or anything like that later on. Um, but I don't know if you remember the oddity of what happened with the Broncos in this last game against the Cardinals. Now, I was watching this game because, you know, it's a team that we're going to play against this upcoming week, and it was a division opponent. The Broncos' offensive line is what people thought the Niners' offensive line was last week. 
And what I mean by that is people were killing the offensive line because of how Trey Lance uh, kept getting hit in, this, in the four sacks and all that. And then when the dust settled, it actually turns out that Trey Lance was holding onto the ball just to take too long sometimes and not trusting the play design, play call, and what his eyes were telling him. Uh, yes. This this Broncos offensive line was actually really, really bad. Russell Wilson got hit a lot, and they looked so bad uh, that as the Cardinals started to bring in more backups, Sean Payton kept the starters out until they scored points, which was basically the end of the first half. Um, what are, what are you expecting from them? If like, just what do you expect them to do uh, if they're not successful early on against the Niners? Do you think they continue to do it? Because you got to remember, this is a new system. Uh, that Russell Wilson and this Broncos offense is learning. That's the key right there. It's a new it's a new system. So they need as much work as possible. Um, so I expect him to I expect Sean Payton to keep up the way he uh, did his first game and trans and carried into week two. Now week three could be a different story, but I think he keeps the same pace. Now if they score on the first drive, you think they just call it quits? Um, I it, it is a possibility. It is a possibility, but it all depends. Like, is it is it a crisp score? Like, is it crisp? Or is it a play where the special teams, the Niners special teams break down and they return it to the 40 and it takes them seven plays to get into the end zone? You know what I'm saying? So saying. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it a clean – is it a – Sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. So it's on you. Is it is it a clean, crisp drive or is it a drive that, yeah, you scored, but uh, – I'm not impressed with that. I see what you're saying. So if they score too quickly, or or let's just say let's just say it's an 80 yard bomb, right? And they they complete it and it's a touchdown. Sean Payton's going to want to see the offense actually go out there and play. He's not right. going to want to see a, a quick hitter or anything like that. Because the the whole thing is about reps, right? You want reps continuity. You want to build that 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 rapport with the offensive line. That you want them to gel and you want the the timing to develop. This is the key, the timing, because now week three, who gives a shit about the starters? You know who your starters are. Now it's about finalizing the 53, because the next week after that, that's when the cutdowns are. And it's on a Tuesday, so I'm off. Okay. All right. So we, maybe we can do something live that day. Like uh, we can do a, a, a countdown to 53. As they're, as they're getting cut, we can just report it live if you want. It's up to you. Uh, but that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Ooh. Now – I will say that Sean Payton's team did on their second drive, they did lead a scoring drive, what would be a scoring drive. However, um, they missed the field goal. So he called them back out there. There's seven minutes left in the second quarter right now. And they're in field goal range again. It's fourth and five. They're going for it on fourth down. Um, Russell Wilson competes the pass to Judy. Judy scores. And I believe that is the end of it. So they play, like I said, well into the second half, a uh, second quarter with the starters. Um, Mike McGlinchey won't play. He, did, he hasn't been a participant. He has a, a, a leg injury, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it's a knee injury. He won't be out there. Um, this is going to be a good opportunity for the depth of the 49ers pass rushers to get tested. Who has to step up, in your opinion, uh, for the 49ers pass rushers? No Bosa. I doubt we see Jackson, although I, did, I do believe Jackson is back to practice, I believe. Well, if Jackson's in there, my my eyes are locked on him because as of right now, he's in contention with Cleveland Farrell to be the starter opposite of Bosa. But at the pace that these negotiations are going with Bosa, I don't know what's going on. I definitely thought the contract would have been done by now. 
Um, obviously, there there's issues because it's not. So I'm, my eyes are locked on this pass rush because this week they really need to – after last week's performance, I think they really need to shine. They need to show that effort. They need to see the consistency and, and the get-off and to get in that backfield and cause havoc and force turnovers with bad throws and, and uh, sack the quarterback. So my eyes are going to be immediately locked on uh, Bryant, who they signed as a free agent from Detroit. Uh, Beal returned to practice this week. I want to see what he looks like. Um, Farrell, again, sack last week. Great, uh, you know, just a, a consistent rush. Didn't give up, played through the whistle, got to the quarterback. That's what you want to see. Um, if Jackson can go, my eyes are going to be definitely on him as well. So those are the names I'm really going to focus on because I think those are going to be the guys that are going to round out um, the defensive line group as far as, like, legit pass rushers. I think Carrie Hyder is going to make this team. I'm also going to keep my eye on Taco Charlton as well, who's been consistently positive ever since he arrived in Santa Clara. Do you know what so, number he's wearing, by the way? I think he's wearing 77. Okay, because I went through I went through the roster today, and uh, it was odd. Uh, Nickel and the fullback uh, are wearing 33. That means they can't be on the field at the same time. Well, one's usually offense, one's usually defense. No, but it's it's the fullback and Jeremy Nickel, the running back. Oh, I That's thought you a, said nickel corner. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant I'm sorry. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I meant nickel is in like his last name, nickel, Jeremy Nickel. They're both wearing 33 on the team website. Um, and I looked it up in the in the game. Yeah, they were both wearing 33. Uh, but also on the team website, Taco Charlton, uh, Breland Speak, and uh Kayava uh Tazino hadn't been assigned numbers yet, so they just hadn't upgraded it, I guess. Yeah. And you yeah, said 77, so, uh, 77, 77 is assigned to Gutierrez right now. But that's on the offensive side wow. of the ball, so that makes sense. That makes sense. Offense and defense can, can do it, so that makes sense. Um, I think the Niners, uh, I hate to go back and forth, offense, defense, offense, defense. I think the Niners' offensive line is going to get some really good work this week. The Broncos play a 3-4. Often they send five people. Um, so I think the, that's going to be a good look because last week against the Raiders, it was a, a 4-3 front that they were playing against. Uh, can you explain to me, to the viewers, what the difference of the challenge will be going up against a 3-4 front versus a 4-3 front? Well, 4-3 front is your typical traditional defensive line. It's four down linemen, three linebackers. Usually uh, you have a one-tech, a three-tech, and then two defensive ends. If it's a wide nine alignment, they run out. They go out to the nine techniques. Um, but as far as the 34 front, 34 front's a challenging front um, because you have a head up on the center, a nose tackle. Then you have two five techniques, which is two, three, four, five. I think it is, hold on, zero, one, two, three, four, five. I think it's inside shoulder of the offensive tackle or head up on the offensive tackle. Um and then the outside linebackers are usually like a seven or a nine technique, usually a seven, which is like outside shoulder of the tight end box. It would be slightly outside, even more outside than a regular a six technique. So 
in there in a two-point stance. So it's going to be if, – if they stick to a true 34 front, I think it's going to be a challenge for the centers. The guys are going to be head up, and the guards are going to be uncovered. So yes, sir. both guards are going to have to punch inside and help with the center and also keep their head on a swivel for stunts and, uh, you know, Mike or Will linebacker blitzes up the middle um, or stunts from the outside with the five and the seven techniques, you know, what a tight end – uh, a TE or ET uh, stunt. So it's going to be interesting because you traditionally don't see, I mean, are they a true 34 front mic or are they just like a high? I mean, 34? I've been watching. Um, I'm, I'm in the whole first half. They've been playing 34 for real the whole time. It's not, it's passing like down they, rundowns. That, that's, that's their formation. They, they always align a nose tackle head up on the center. Yeah. Every single time. I haven't seen otherwise yet from their defense. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a different look. Obviously it's not a very common front, so it's going to be a good work for them. Yeah, I think it's going to be good look for the interior of the offensive line. I really really do. I think the guards are going to be well tested. They're going to have to go left and right and and, and uh helping with protections. Uh and that was one of the things that stood out to me about Poe. Um, he was holding off people with one hand and looking the opposite direction to see if he needed to let go and help the other side. I thought that that was really, really good of him. Uh, all game, he was consistent with that. He was consi- very, very consistent with that. You're going to need that up against this kind of front. Um, what, what, what does that do for the receivers? How does that affect as, the receivers? As far as what, facing a 34 front? Yeah. Well, it's going to be your hook, the, your, your curl, the flat routes are going to be, you're, you're going to be tested. You're going to be, you know, you're going to go into a, an area where you're going to get a, you're going to take a shot. So it's going to be interesting to see, well, it's preseason, so you're not going to get the full benefit of it. It's going to mm-hmm. be very bland and vanilla, but I think, you know, when you're playing a 34 front, you're, what you do, you split the defense in half, right? You have your nose tackle aligned on the center. You have your two linebackers five, four to five yards off the line of scrimmage, heads up on the guards, and then you have your outside linebackers, your corners, and when you how they defend it and hook the flat is your outside linebacker. If he if he's not a, a predominant pass rusher and he drops into a zone, you're gonna have to create that window to get that throw delivered between that outside linebacker and that middle linebacker without making it be a hospital shot. So that's where the creativity comes in. But unfortunately we're not going to see the creativity because of the situation that we're in Saturday night being still the preseason. I'm looking at the Broncos second team offense here with Stidham at the backup. Uh, They have Virgil and Beatty as the running backs that are alternating. Now Beatty probably won't play Saturday He's also got a, a knee injury, um, and he did not practice today. I doubt that he's going to be there on Saturday. I don't know how bad the knee injury is. I don't know the extent of, of any of the damage. But the Broncos seem to block well for the run game. They open up holes for these guys pretty well. Um, so that's going to be a good test for the defensive line as well. Um, special teams, Tony. Let's talk about the, the coverage units. Uh, of what you got a chance to see from the game, what do you think of the nine? We didn't get to see a lot. We didn't score a lot, so there wasn't a lot of kick returns, but we did get to see a lot of punt coverage. Uh, my man Wisnowski was out there earning it. What do you think of the coverage units on the punt team? 
I mean, they were they, they were they were good. I mean, I don't think, I, to my recollection, I don't think they gave up any huge returns. I think they were pretty sound, pretty much for the game. But again, we're watching people who might not be there. So it's it's yeah, you could say you thought so and so impressed him as a gunner. He made a great play, but so and so might not be there. So I guess we could say it was it, it was a solid performance. I think the protection from the punt team was a little shaky because there's a couple times where the Raiders got close to blocking it. I'm not saying they're like, you know, blocking territory, but they were back there a couple times. Now, whether that falls on the gunner or the protection, not the gunner, the up back or the, the inside protection, I don't know. But, you know, it's definitely, it's hard to evaluate and give like, you know, a concrete analysis because, they consistently keep changing up the personnel, giving different looks, giving guys different looks, putting them in different situations. So it's really a hard evaluation, but it, was it perfect? By all means, no. I thought it was okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Slick68 has a comment here, and I want to get your thoughts on it. He says the only reason they haven't signed Bosa is because Kyle doesn't want Bosa out in camp and get hurt. What are your thoughts on that? I would say I wouldn't. Wouldn't you be more worried about him potentially getting hurt coming in cold? Soft tissue I injuries. Mean, yeah, like I mean, he could work out. He, that's one thing you don't have to worry about, Nick Bosa. I will. I I firmly believe he will be in tip-top shape, but he is in training shape. He's not in football shape. So it's going to be interesting when he gets this deal signed and when he gets back in into that well, camp. I, I kind of disagree with the comment because if he doesn't want him out there in camp, then they just don't have to play him. That's all. Exactly. Right? He, they control his, they control him. Like, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, like stuff like that. He, he is going to play in camp, but he's not going to play in a game, obviously. Right. So, yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. Uh, Joel says, Mike, have you given up on Lance? Not at all. Not at all. I haven't given up on Lance. I actually like being able to watch the growth. I actually like being able to watch the growth. I mentioned it in the last show about how, you know, I have never believed that a player is who he is from the first day he's drafted. I believe in uh, development of players, especially at the quarterback position. So, no, I have I am far from giving up on Trey Lance. I hope that he earns the, the backup spot. We'll see what happens. You know, it remains to be seen. Um, but no, I, I absolutely haven't, haven't given up on them. What about you, Tony? Are you out on the Lance project? I'm out on the Lance project as being the starter this year. I have no problem with them holding on to him, giving him an opportunity at number two, or even uh, even if he allegedly gets beat out by Darnold for the number three spot, I'm fine with that. I just think Trey Lance, unfortunately – needs more time to develop. He needs to get over the mental hurdle of being an NFL quarterback, which clearly he's having a tough time with. Kid's got all the talent in the world. He's got a good arm, strong arm. You know, I think the over the 49ers uh, overestimated his speed to the NFL game. I think they botched it there. But, I mean, you see the ability to make those throws in those tight windows. The problem is – He's holding the ball. So if you hold the ball, the timing gets totally screwed off with the play. And therefore, that's what happens. So until he beats that, 
and trusts what he sees and, and is able to see the defense and, and read it. Right. I, I, I don't think Trey Lance is the guy um, unless there's an injury. And, and Joel says here, I like Tony. He goes out on Lance, but still does it respectfully. And this is part of the conversation we were having earlier, right? It's like if you're not the starter, you're the you're the starter for the Seattle Seahawks, and the whole fan base seems to hate you. And it just doesn't make any sense. It I'm doesn't not make out sense. on him. I'm not out on him as being a 49er. But what I'm saying is, you have to look at the demographic or the the, the roster, the way this roster is constructed, the way they built this roster. Right now, you can't take the chance to quote unquote develop him and run the risk of putting yourself in a position to sneak into the playoffs, right? The NFL is a very long season. I'm sure everyone's goal wants that first round buy and that home field advantage, right? That's mm-hmm. everyone's goal. So the NFL is a week to week thing. You play to win and that's that you can't afford to say, all right, let's put them out there. Let's see what we can do. That time is gone and has come and gone. If they yeah. wanted to do that mentality, Trey should have been the start of day one. Jimmy should have been out. No questions asked. So your first-year evaluation, if it didn't end short with an injury, you would have knew where he stood that year. You would have knew, known his ability. You would have known what he's made of, what he's good at, what he's not good at, what he handles, what he has trouble handling. But yeah. you're never going to know unless you put him on that field. And right now, the way it's constructed, they can't afford to do that right now. You have yeah. aging vets with big money, and they're going to get get to the point in their contracts where decisions potentially need to be made. Now, on the flip side of it, personally, it's not a knock against Trey, but I can see no way, unless injury, how Trey should be the starter over Brock Purdy. I, I just I, I, I can't see it right now. To your comment on contracts, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, George Kittle said during the offseason, uh, you know, once once training camp opened up way before the first preseason game, um, Kittle made a comment about, you know, we, we, we are, you know, in a window right now where guarantees on a lot of big players' contracts are up after this season. Kittle said that. Yep. This wasn't someone in the front office saying that. This wasn't, you know, like this is, this is George Kittle. So I think that uh, they're all thinking – Similarly, like this is this is the opportunity. We got to strike while the iron's hot. And I think that's why the Niners are so definitive that Brock Purdy is the guy. They feel like they know for a fact what they have in him versus the couple of things that they might be uncertain with with Trey Lance. Doesn't mean that Trey Lance well, can't can't be here. It just means that he's not going to be the guy right now because the season means so much. I I also think it has to do with the confidence in Brock Purdy. I think this team saw what they needed to see for Brock Purdy in that seven, eight, seven game stretch, right? And remember when they built this roster via the draft, they brought in all people that are deadly after the catch. So what does that tell you? This is a quick strike. Get the ball out quick, put it in your playmaker's hands and let them do what they do best. Let them do what got them drafted high in their positions respectfully and let them do it. Let them go out and play their game as well. Now, on the flip side of it, this is a lot easier job for Brock Purdy. Why? Because what are Brock Purdy's strengths? 
He believes in his arm. He has the confidence. He has a high football IQ. He can read a defense. He can go through his progressions. Those are all things that Trey is kind of struggling right now with, right? Like I said before, basic principles, West Coast offense is all about timing. You don't follow the structure of that play and to get the ball out when it's supposed to at that point, the play is done. And our offensive line and previous offensive lines under the true disciples of the West Coast offense, our offensive lines weren't made to hold up blocks for three seconds. They were there to shield the block, let the ball get, get out quick, and let them do their thing. They were usually undersized offensive linemen that were agility, mobility, and be able to get out and lead on a toss, get out and lead on a sweep, get out and lead on a screen. This is the type of offensive line the 49ers built, all athletes. Now, can Trent William hold his own? Sure. But there's going to be time where it's a three-step drop, bang, the ball's out. On the flip side of that, there's pros and cons to that. The pro is you're taking the load off the offensive line, right? That's the main pro. Another pro is you're allowing the team not to have to spend massive dollars on Pro Bowl high-talent linemen to solidify that offensive line. So due to Kyle's scheme and philosophy and all that, he uses his scheme to protect the quarterback. Now, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by – what does Tony mean by saying scheme? Well, how many times do you see the tight end come across the formation and chip the last man on the on the line of scrimmage on the backside of a play? That's protection. That's scheme. Right. You're slowing down their top pass rusher, chipping them with a tight end or a fullback, whatever it may be. That's how Kyle does what he does. There's been times where he sends two men down the route. And he goes, Uh-oh. I think Tony kind of hit a dead spot there. Um I'll keep I'll keep it going. He'll he'll bounce back in a second. This normally happens on his way home, so it's not it's not that big of a deal. He'll be back in a second. Uh, Joel says here, you are right, Tony. I agree with you, but that means Lance will never get on the field with the Niners. The best thing for him would be to go to Washington or something. Meaning it's time to move on from him. Uh, this person's name is You're Annoying. He says if Lance get trade if Lance gets traded and does better than Purdy, will Kyle be on the hot seat within two years? Um. I I I don't I don't know if Kyle can be on a hot seat. Um, we we have a CEO who is in litigation right now for some pretty serious accusations. Um, I don't know who would be responsible for putting Kyle on the hot seat at all. So you know I I just I don't know. Um, he would I tell you what the fans will will be unforgiving. That's for sure. The fans will be unforgiving, uh, and God forbid you know. Lance continues to develop or and Purdy then takes a step back. If they're go if they're turning in opposite directions two years from now, uh it's it's gonna be a, a bad look. People are gonna say that we should have given Lance more time. We should have played Lance more and let him learn so he could be what whatever it is that they see two years from now that you're saying. But I, I don't know. Tony, are you back yet? Still not back. All right, we'll keep it moving. Um I'm, I'm going to save this one from Cook Sport about Austin Watkins until Tony gets back. Uh, he says, Mike, you see Trey Sermon going off? Shaking my head. So I actually just pulled up the stats from the game. Trey Sermon uh, at five carries for 54 yards, average of 10 yards and a touchdown. 
I don't know about going off. I didn't watch the game that closely because I was actually live during the time. Uh, was this consistent play from Trey Sermon or what? Let me know. Let me know, Cook Cook Sports. Uh, Tony. Yeah, sorry about that. My phone rang. No, it's all good. He says uh, we should have kept Austin Watkins. What do you think? Where did he go to the Browns? Yeah. Yep. He got a touchdown tonight. Trey Sermon got a touchdown tonight. So, you know, people are saying, oh, we should have kept these guys. Trey Sermon, I just read a stat line, uh, 10 carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. So, and he couldn't, get out of, he couldn't get out of his way in San Francisco. So what does that tell you? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Jorge says here, I think Trey is also scared of disappointing Kyle. I think Brock Purdy doesn't care what Kyle has to say. That's why they had they said he has a pair. And you know, I, I do want to say this. Uh, Kyle was very undecided about whether or not the starters would play. Uh, he was specifically asked about Brock Purdy. And he said, I haven't decided on the starters yet. He was very clear to say I haven't decided on the starters. And now he is saying starters. Um, there is a there is a very small part of me that thinks that the Niners think they know what they're getting from game Brock Purdy. I think that there is a part of me that thinks that the Niners front office believes that, Hey, it's not a big deal. What's happening in practice, but it's happening consistently in practice with Brock Purdy. I do think that they want to see, Hey, is this, is this a, a practice thing or, or is it going to be like this in game? And I think that they're doing their due diligence by putting them in there for, uh, for a drive or two. Uh, Tony, what do you think? Do you think Brock Purdy doesn't care what Kyle has to says? What Kyle has to say in Trey Lance cares too much. I disagree with Brock Purdy. And I agree with Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is fighting demons in his head that he's so freaking nerd, not demons, but I think he's so damn nervous that he wants to do well so bad and he's forcing himself and it's just not clicking. It's going to come. It's going to come. I'm telling you, this kid is, does have the talent. But right. it's just he, it, it, until he gets over those mental lapses and those hurdles, it's it's not going to happen. It, and it, we're not talking about something stupid about how he releases the ball or his follow through. I'm talking about something serious, like like how do you explain it? Like just honestly, I feel like he freezes. Not freezes. I feel no, like he it. just. That's it. It's I don't know. It's his it's, it's, it's processor. He's overthinking when he shouldn't have to. That's all. He's, right. he's second-guessing like, all right, it's a tight window right there. I see it. I can release it or look for someone else down the field. And that slight bit of hesitation, even though it might be a half a second in real time, is a huge difference in the NFL. And so it, right. it's, But it's, then it's, look at the play he makes, right? Look at the play he makes where he rolls out of the pocket, attacks the line of scrimmage, and then lets it go right before he crosses it. That's football right. IQ. Yeah, exactly. That's situational so, football. That's awareness. And it – like, but then on a basic three-step drop, he holds the ball. Right. It's overthinking. Yeah, it's overthinking. So he processes quickly, but I think he may, okay, maybe he trusts too much how quickly he can process. You know, it's three steps drop. Okay, that's a tight window. I can release it or see if there's a bigger play right there. Okay, the bigger play is not there. All right, now let me go back to this one. And it's, oh, it's trusting his processor a little too much where, like, sometimes you just got to let it rip. Sometimes you just got to let it go. I, I think that comes with time. Honestly, I think that comes with time. We talked about the knowledge of the system and the more knowledge you have in the system, it could cause you to be a little bit more hesitant. So we'll just have to see what happens. 
uh, Malduce says, Mike, do you consider yourself a hookah chain smoker? I'm a chain smoker myself, not clowning. I don't. I actually only smoke hookah on the show. Um, it's kind of weird, but if I don't smoke hookah, especially when I'm on with other people, I think too many thoughts at one time. This is my way of slowing myself down uh, and staying on task on the show. All right. Uh, let me see here. Joel says here, Tony, uh, what I can't comprehend is how the so-called national analyst can be let to spew shit about this young man, even personal shit about his mom and so on without any support from the Niners. That bothers me. Um, and Kyle said, simply put, that comes with the, being a high draft pick, especially if you're a quarterback. It comes with all quarterbacks. It comes with all high draft picks. When you have a combination of the two, they're just going to say what they want to say. Um, and the negativity is what sells. I mean, it, it's not the coach's jobs to go out there and defend tweets and articles. So it, that that's that's normal. That's normal. When the praise is high for those guys, no one's asking them, oh, well, everyone's saying a lot of positive stuff about Brock Purdy. Do you think that's getting to his head? They don't ask those kind of questions. They don't care. It's the same thing yeah. with the negative stuff. So we shouldn't let it bother us too much. I, I don't bring that kind of shit up on the show because – I don't believe in giving those kind of guys shine and light. If it's an article that I don't think we should be putting light to, then I don't do it. Uh, we are at the moment. I believe we are pretty much done with the show. Tony, you should be close to home if not there already, right? Yeah, I just um, actually pulled in. Okay. All right. Uh, let me see if there's any good questions here for us to wrap up with. Uh, I, it was Steve Young said said it's he's in his own head. I agree. All right, here we go. Last one for you. This is from Joel again. He says, GM Tony, are you happy with Brock? And do you think he will continue having success this year? This will be the last question of the night. We'll wrap this thing up here. I, I am happy with Brock. Um, I'm happy with Brock because of the way he played and the situation that he was thrown into. Um, big time situation, right? You know, Jimmy gets hurt. He gets thrown right in. Miami comes with a zero blitz. First start against the Tom Brady. What does this guy do? Oh, what was the defensive coordinator's name again? Damn it, I always forget this guy's name. Bowles. Oh. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. What does Todd Bowles do? Bro, first snap, they send the house at him. And they and hit the him. Outside, and the outside guy actually Hit him, and when I say hit him, I thought it was going to be a flag because he had him. He he hit him right on the side of the head, and Purdy went down, and still got. I think he did. He get sacked or he got a throw off. I can't remember, but he took a shot, and he bounced right back up, and he continued to grow and develop right in front of our eyes. Now, was it perfect? By all means, no. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is the perfect quarterback. I'm not saying, at least for now. But until he proves it. But, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler. I'm not saying none of that. But what Kyle Shanahan needs with the weapons around him, Rock Purdy is the guy right now. Now, we spoke about this too as well. Teams have film on him, right? They will adjust. They will, you know, shake things up and give them different looks. But they also had film on him after week one that he started. Well, game one that he started, game two, game three, game four, game five. All these teams had film on him. Now, granted, his performance did teeter a little bit towards the latter part of the season in the playoffs. 
But we all spoke about this on the Nothing But Niners show live. Well, guys, it's going to get interesting now. He's starting to face better competition. Yeah. And, and just so you know, that, that first play against the Bucks, he hit him in the helmet, he took the sack, and there was a flag. So we did get the 15 yards for that. Okay. So what was I saying? Sorry, yeah. you said uh, – So, you know, he teams game-planned against them, and the Niners went undefeated. Granted, they weren't blowing teams out or scoring as much as they were, but when you face a defense like Dallas that's loaded, when you face a defense like I, – I, I think Seattle's defense is up and coming again. There's, there's tons of defenses out there and better quality teams that the Niners face in that latter part of their schedule that all were a test, and he passed those tests. The team was undefeated. So I don't know how much more better you could be. I mean, production, points per game, um, right down the line, the team continued on an upward trajectory. Now everyone's going to say, well, look look at the Eagles game. I understand that. But I got to be honest with you. My gut feeling is if Brock Purdy didn't get hit on that first play, number one, that was a touchdown to IU because IU completely smoked Slay. Smoked him. Slay fell down on that route. Now you're talking about a tone-setting score where you shift the you shift the momentum in favor of the 49ers. Right? So now the defense could get involved. There's a ton of Niners fans there. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. You're talking about a big momentum swing if he completed that pass. Unfortunately, he didn't. Croft blew his assignment. Purdy got hurt. It is what it is. There's nothing we could do about it. It's the pass. You can't change the pass. You just go right. forward. So now we got to build off of the 2022 season where Brock took this team 7-0. and Yeah. And yeah. I, I think I, I think as long as he plays within the structure of Kyle's play call, I think the 49ers are a very tough offense to match up against because they can kill you at any angle. Like you want to talk about a weapon in McCaffrey, you have Juice, you have Debo, you have Ayuk, you have Jennings. Look at these young kids coming up. You got Ronnie Bell, who I think is a is is going to develop into a solid receiver. There is talent on this team. I'm telling you, don't sleep on this team. My concern isn't going to be the offense. My concern's a little bit on the other side of the ball, but we'll talk about that another day. Gotcha, man. All right, guys, we want to thank you all for checking us out here, man. Again, guys, this is a Patreon exclusive. Um, so make sure you guys go and subscribe. The link is in the bio for this video. Uh, we will continue to do these throughout the regular season. If Tony says, Mike, I feel like talking, we're going to have another Tony Speaks episode. So thank you all for checking us out. We will see you all soon. I guess we might as well go ahead and let Wayne take us out of here, man. We'll see you all soon. All right, everybody. Tony, thanks for jumping in. You guys be safe. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. 
We under the pressure If you looking to find us We them nothing but niners Nothing but Niners. 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 Nothing but Niners.